Through the woodland, through the valley Comes a horseman wild and free Tilting at the windmills passing Who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild but he is mellow He is strong but he is weak He is cruel but he is gentle He is wise but he is meek Reaching for his saddlebag He takes a battered book into his hand Standing like a prophet bold, he shouts across the ocean to the shore Till he can shout no more I have come over and mountain like the hawk upon the wing I was once a shining knight who was the guardian of a king I have searched the whole world over looking for a place to sleep I have seen the strong survive and I have seen the lean grow weak Here we go again. It's another episode of Dom Day Tales, the podcast. It's our 23rd episode. I'm one of your hosts, Justin. And as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-hosts, the greats of the giggles, the champions of chatter, Babe, Cote, and Donnie. And as always, we are joined by our executive producer, the official brute taster of the West Coast, Dizzy Patterson. Gentlemen, as you know, there are a lot of legends in Dom Day and many more that we have yet to interview. On tonight's episode, we're sure to make a splash with one of the biggest names in Dom Day history. But that being said, who are some names that you guys feel we're missing that we need to get onto this show in future episodes? Cote, maybe I'll start with you. Well, you said biggest, and so I'm going to go with Greg Woodford. Christ, we haven't <laughs> had that big fat bastard on, and he's a good egg. Seen him on the golf course a few times and uh, miss seeing Wood. So I, I am hoping that it is Greg Woodford. Always fiery at first base, but a, a phenomenal individual, and uh, that, that's who I'm putting my uh, guess with tonight. Babe, who do you think it is? Well, now that you got on the big stuff, Cote, I'm going to say Chevy. I mean, Chevy, big in every aspect of life. So that's who my guess is tonight. Except in communications, which is why he's not on. He's not never going to be on here, probably. His Tandy computer doesn't work. Have fucking Zoom. All right. Donnie, thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, so many, so many big big names out there. One that, one that quickly comes to mind. One of the, one of the few guys ever to wear a polo shirt while playing in the tournament and a legend uh, from the original, the original tournament, Jack Shipley. I, I, I would love to hear from Jack. Uh, those of you who are listening probably don't even know who Jack is. But, but. Donnie, I believe Jack was charged a spinner Spencer uh, death. Wasn't he? Wasn't yes. he? In, yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian Spencer, you know, not not Spencer. You know, right, not Spencer. Right, you know. I was like, "Fuck, did I not hear?" <laughs> Brian Spencer. Yeah, that was in a that was in a, uh, a newsletter, wasn't it? Newsletter. Yeah, many yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which but I Jack, took as gospel, by the way. The iconic Jack Shipley and uh, a beautiful little striped polo that he wore in Dom Day '78, which I hopefully will be enshrined in the in the Hall of Fame one day. So when it's built. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. All I right. think you guys cued in on on big when the keyword was legend. Uh, so we'll work on the verbiage for future future questions. But why don't we bring out tonight's guest? He is the winner of five Dom Day titles and one of three 42 year men left in the tournaments. Grab your guitars and pull up a lawn chair. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please welcome to the show. The Baron of Barhead, Casey Patterson. Case, baby. Case. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you all too. 
How's it going? It's case. Going? Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Okay. It's well, been a wonderful. I don't know wonderful. if you can see me. Yeah. See me right now, but I am honoring the concerns about COVID nineteen. But since we are now distance away from it, I will take off my mask and maybe remind Donnie a bit of the first Beasley's team. Love it. <laughs> and while I'm at it, here we go. <laughs> Cross give, a, give a little explanation at home, boys. Justin, describe Case as you can see him. Well, I, I think we're going to need a screenshot of this because it might be beyond explanation, but it, it appears as though Casey Patterson has not shaved his mustache or cut his hair since the last time we saw him in 2019. So uh, I think we need, we'll need a, a picture of that, Diz. That is a Raleigh Fingers stash if I've ever seen one. Derek, can you get the picture? That is a beauty. <laughs> is is that a stick on? Like did Lanny did Lanny not, shave? And, and not quite. <laughs> but it'll be in there. Uh, yeah. Hey Zeus. Well, we couldn't uh, go to the uh, barber shop because of COVID nineteen, and when the time came around to that we were allowed to, I guess I was busy that day and missed my chance. So, anyhow, um, yeah, this uh, mustache thing. When I was playing uh, lacrosse with Owen Sound, the guys didn't really know me when I was trying out for the team. This is 1989, but the rumor went out that my brother was playing on on uh, Calgary Flames, and uh, uh, one of them got bold enough to come over and say, "So your brother? We heard a rumor your brother's playing on the Calgary Flames." And I said, "Yeah, that's true." And because at the time I had this mustache, the guy goes, is your brother Lee McDonald? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I laughed, of course, and, and, uh, and then spit out the truth. So, Anyways, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I don't know how this is going to go. I know there's about 20 minutes of commercials and five minutes of me being entertaining. <laughs> about it, so... <laughs> And you've already cut into that with three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, combing, I'm, I'm, done. I'm combing your hair and taking your fucking mask off. So, Case, Case, are you going to go tomorrow and get it cut? Oh, I'll probably get rid of the mustache for sure. I don't know about the hair at this time. I do have a friend who has uh, cancer and has lost hair. And I like the, the thought of uh, donating the hair to weave. But I think they're out of that. No, um, it's more like... A, like uh, some other type of like animal hair or something that they're using for wigs, you know, and I don't, don't think I have enough because we're losing up top as we have been losing for a number of years, yeah. you know, but well, so Tex, be it. Tex and I were talking about chipping in, but uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Get working at it, babe. <laughs> All righty guys. That's a great intro. Casey, welcome to the show. So I know we've got a lot to talk about. I mean, for anybody who's listened to the first 22 episodes, they know there, there are a lot of names that have been mentioned as, as instrumental to uh, organizing Dom Day. And we said, you know what? There's one guy who we really needed on this show who, who was a big part of the early days. So we brought him on. Um, and that was, that was Casey, obviously. So 
I think where we need to start is kind of back it back in Rexdale, back in kind of the the original days. So, Casey, why don't we start off with kind of your childhood and and growing up at the Patterson House? I mean, obviously, our esteemed co co-host Babe was is your brother, but take us back to uh, some 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 childhood memory memories at the Patterson House. Oh, geez. <laughs> um. Uh. Oof. Well, in in the neighborhood, uh, we were, you know, always playing ball hockey over at the school. We're on the street where the school was. Um, living on Barhead Crescent, we're living in Rexdale, where a lot of the uh, streets were named after uh, uh, cities or towns in Alberta. Yeah. Uh, so you'll find Drumheller, you'll find Red Redwater, Barhead. Yeah, there's a lot of them. And uh, I believe the name of the developer was Rex Heslop and his yep. wife's name was Dale. And that's so came Rex Dale that came out of that. Um, now, yeah, we had a habit of uh, loving to play games. I don't know where today's kids have gone, you know, are they inside playing video games or, or I don't see as much, but I also know that, uh, some of the kids get shut down and play ball hockey on the streets. Like they were doing that in Newmarket a couple of years ago and they got, they called the police on them. And I thought, what the heck's going on here? But it was common for us to be playing football or, 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 uh, ball hockey, but tag was a big one too. There did come a time when, uh, running through the backyards of all the neighbors and over the fences and, up on the roofs of the garages and stuff like that, that some of the, uh, some of the mothers of the barhead kids got together and, uh, had us booted out of the backyards. Uh, so like Mrs. Like Mrs. Fucking Goodman. <laughs> that she'd be one. Yeah. Wait, we're not going to mention any names. <laughs> actually, actually we did, uh, we did manage to damage her, uh, her, uh, bird bath. Uh, we were she, playing some she game. No, oh, she wasn't. Nice, <laughs> the uh, no, we were playing some game with a, a basketball, and you're trying to hit who's you know hit someone, and then they're it, and, and it seemed the basketball went off their garage roof and came down, and landed on their bird bath, smacked it up good. So it was a shame, but we we moved on. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people who were running around on the streets there, um, ended up in Dom day. You know, we always had to find something, something to do something at some time. Uh, we're always pretty creative about things, you know, when everyone gathered together, uh, to play baseball, um, in the evening, you know, there was a lot of guys that say, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then when we show up to the game, you know, a third of the guys who said they're going to be there didn't show up. And we were getting a little miffed at that. And that's when Dom day was created when we thought, okay, we're going to play baseball and we're going to do it one weekend. And you, you're not saying I'm going to be there without being there or you, you'll never live it down. So um, everyone showed up and, you know, got the first pitches out and uh, we had, had the teams that one year. Um, I, I was a, on the Beasley's tree service team and Poor just coincidentally, guy. coincidentally that was pointed out to me on, um, 
like traditionally, you know that I was in an accident and uh, once a year I go and do that, the run I was on that night, it's about a five mile run or that's what we called it in that day and now maybe we'll refer to it as a kilometer run. But uh, um, so I did, I did my little run slash walk with the emphasis on walk this time. Um, and after I finished it, I went to a little restaurant in the Kipling Heights Plaza, pick up the food and, and go out. And I was sweating pretty good. And the, the guy who was serving me says, were you just out cutting trees? And <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me why I was asking that. No, I, I explained to him, I just did, did the big lap. And then I realized I had a Beasley's tree service uh, shirt on. <laughs> the serviceman okay. always wanted, always loved. That's right. That's right. You can't avoid that. So, yeah, it was a real treat to get the, the Dom Day going. And ever since then, what is it, 43 years or something? Um, with a few, few years off uh, due to COVID. But, uh, you know, it's been pretty successful. We've raised a lot of money for the... Uh, Toronto Six Children's Hospital, and uh, it's great to have that success. You know? and reuniting everyone and families now. You know, the youths are in there now, and uh, uh, it's good to see that. You know, interacting with the uh, with the fathers and the sons, and uh, and then all the families uh, join in too. You know, so it's been a, a real pleasure to be part of that each and every year. Yeah, Kote, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, quick quick question, Case. Going back to the Patterson residence on Barhead, a little bit about the how the, the backyard rink got started, and that was certainly a, a spot where a lot of us got to know certainly the older guys, and, and Babe would have us there on weekends. So how old were you guys when, when, the, when the, the backyard rink was first started, and um, who, who was kind of uh, – who, who, who gets credit for that? Oh, definitely – well, definitely my parents were involved in it in their own separate ways. Um, Dad was out uh, preparing the rink in the backyard, and we he would shovel off the uh, snow and then start with a sprinkler and, and uh, get the ground base done and then start hosing it down, um, you know, straight from the hose. And, uh, and I probably was about three years old when when he started that, you know, and, uh, yeah, we would go out, we loved going out skating. He would take us to various spots around, uh, Toronto, primarily Etobicoke, but, you know, down at Grenadier pond and stuff like that. Um, but it was a real pleasure to have right out in the backyard and then along comes babe and he was into it as well. And so Tex, uh, my sister, uh, re and, uh, uh, myself and babe all sort of enjoyed having the rink right there you know now a few windows were broken over the years but that never really a problem you know um, it wasn't like dad or mom would get angry at that they expected things like that to happen and then <laughs> mom would mom would uh, have the uh, have the um, coke and or not coke the hot chocolate hot chocolate and uh, you know donuts or cookies or whatever ready for a little snack and she used to use that properly to lure us back in when because you never wanted to quit playing when you were 
out, out playing, you know, like getting the kids back into the house was a difficult thing, but they had methods and, uh, and it worked, you know, but uh, it was a lot of fun. For the listeners, for those listening, uh, maybe you could tell uh, everyone where the change room was. Change room was in the back stairs there. You'd go, uh, go in the back door. Although if you, if you were at the house now, an extension has put, been put on the back. But you could go in the living um, and, room too and use it. We, oh we, yeah, a lot of the times went in the living room and use that as a change okay. room. If I recall, was that you, Cote? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder. There were scratches where I used to sit, but so I, and I got blamed for it. And I know it was you. Um, no, the uh, yeah, there's pretty well anywhere in the house was was part of the change room. If you were too embarrassed or something, there was washroom downstairs that you could use. But you know, I don't think too many of them were. I was going to so, say, not, yeah. uh, not, a, not an overly modest group we have here. You know, I'm starting to get that since 22 episodes later. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the thing about the rink was we had people there all the time. If, if it weren't just, you know, Case Tex and I and Ray skating, it was, you know, everybody on the street. And it would be, you know, Texas friends and Casey's friends, then, you know, my friends. And then sometimes, you know, you'd mix. But I think the biggest thing that ever happened to the rink case is when you started working at that printing company with Harold yes. Mandel and, and the skids case skids. started, case started bringing home the skids and we built boards around the rink. Although the corners were square, um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And then we kept firing the pucks over. And so then we added chicken wire and it was, it was the spectacular thing. I mean, Donnie, you think about a number of times you guys came over we had tournaments on a Saturday or a Sunday and in case is right. You know, I mean, you, you wouldn't get off it. And, you know, yeah. my mom and dad would be like, come on, dinner's ready, dinner's ready. And then finally it was like, well, eat whenever you guys want. Yeah. It must have been and, hilarious uh, looking for pucks in the spring too, eh, Case? Oh. Like, it must have oh, been yeah. pucks <laughs> far and wide in the neighbor's yards. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we were fortunate with good neighbors that way. Um, the one guy didn't have windows to break, but the other guy did. And had his cherry tree and everything you know pucks ended up everywhere so yeah you, you get to meet some neighbors that you didn't really know on the other street behind us you know just gotta have a hard enough shot to get them to come over right i i remember yeah. you saw a couple things that i remember too was uh with uh like we we used to walk there like most of the guys walked there right from wherever Right. I, I know I walk there all the time. I remember walking. It's just freezing. Right. And walking got <laughs> the big scarf on the big jacket, the hat, the gloves and whatever, walking all the way over there and playing, as you said, from from, you know, after after school to to whenever, you know, and then uh, and then back the next day. And then on the weekends it was unbelievable because you could go, you know, from sunrise to sunset. And then the, the kitchen was like the gondola. Right. So you could see, uh, yeah, you, could see you had the windows. Yeah. yeah. You could see out the windows <laughs> and you yeah. open the windows in the middle of winter. You barking at guys and stuff. And it, it was awesome. I mean, I, we had yeah. so much oh, fun oh. there, you know, and one, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I yep. would say I, I have, I have one great picture uh, of, of us out there and there's like 10 or 10 or 12 of us. And that, unfortunately that's the only picture that I have of that, but it's a beauty. You know, uh, right on tremendous memories and, yeah. and, and, 
Bob was unbelievable preparing it. And Mrs. P was like the, the host of the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> it's hard to imagine yeah. what it was like, but these people just kept coming and coming, and coming yeah. you know, but yeah. you, you always felt so welcome in that. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and they did, they did always want you to feel welcome there. Um, yeah, they and and they liked them. they 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 wanted their home to be the home, you know, like a community home in a sense that people could come over and have a good time. One thing I wanted to point out is that we did a lot of skating on that rink, but we we suddenly found a neutralization point for all players when we took our skates off and we're in our boots right, right. all hockey yeah. on it. And there was no one that was any better than anyone else. And it made it a great game. Of course, we had to implement uh, getting helmets worn after a few, few clunks on the head, you know? Right. Um, but it was great. And even after, after that was, after we had grown up and moved out, we continued, you know, I would go over there and, continue making the rink or somehow we would get it done and it was there for for everyone to use and uh i remember once uh with dad um got offered a job in st Catharines, and he was seriously considering moving and uh he spoke to babe spoke to tex myself and i imagine re uh separately um to get our opinions of it and i just remember distinctly telling him i said dad i have no doubt that you and mom can move there and and build up friendships and and be good but look at what you've done now you've created this this home that the whole community is at ease to pop over you know like i said like who visited you last week you know we're not even living there and quotation went up to say hi you know or or donnie's popping in you know it was just just something i said it'll take you a while to rebuild that you know but you've got it there now and so we won't be the only ones missing it the rest you know half the community's going to be missing you so they he opted to stay um they didn't vote so plus i told dad i said listen i you know looking out in the future probably 20 years i think cote is going to move there so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't want to go there the fucking yeah. real estate will tank okay <laughs> case case speaking of the when we went to the boots on the rink and then remember we, we perfected that move when you were down as you faced the rink from the house on the, if you were if you were on the right hand side defending that goal, you would come down. You would come down and get some traction on the snow, like to go oh, around the, yeah. around the guys, <laughs> and then slide in on the goal. Creative hockey, yeah, creative yeah. hockey for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. but you know, you know, thinking of of us in COVID times now, case. Remember when you got what was the German measles or something? What was it? What was what did you Scar get? Scarlet fever. Scarlet fever. It was really I had scarlet fever. Yeah. yeah. Case case had scarlet fever. So it meant that Re Tex and I had to stay at home. You know, we had to be under quarantine. And so it happened that, you know, ice time was perfect. It was in the perfect time of year. It was like January. So Tex and I and Re were out on the ice all day and case couldn't go on. Oh, and geez. it was just killing him. You know, it was, it was bad enough being home, but he couldn't get on the ice. We're out there. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, so, it was a, a tough go. So obviously, we I mean, I was going to say, I mean, it should be no surprise. I mean, to anybody that sports is at the center of, of the Patterson house. I mean, we've got an, uh, 
a Rexdale lacrosse legend on the on the line. We got an ex Stanley Cup winner. I mean, still a Stanley Cup winner, not an ex Stanley Cup winner, but a Stanley Cup winner. Um, but what about you know some of the other memories, babe, that you you have from from Barhead besides kind of the sports side? I mean, you know, I mean, I was the youngest in the family, so you know, being you know mistreated might be the word or you know or told to you know do this and do that and and I think one of the memories that I have one of the you know memories that still sticks in my head because they probably are still stuck in my head is when case and text were dropping ball bearings on my head remember that out front case <laughs> I went flying don't really out. remember that babe I, mean, I, I was so mad and and I came back yeah. in and my mom was, what's going on? I said, well, Texan case of dropping ball bearings on my head. She goes, well, do something about it, you know. <laughs> but, but I wasn't, you know, I was obviously a small kid. So, you know, you go out there and try to fight them and that's all they wanted was, was that opportunity. But no, we had some great <laughs> times and I mean, great memories at Christmas time. I remember we got the Johnny Seven Guns and I remember, oh, yeah. My, yeah. I remember uh, Uncle Larry was there and he was in the military and he had these things set up and he was, you know, we had these little grenades on these little red grenades and these plastic bullets. And, and he and my dad sort of overtook the place and we're, you know, we're <laughs> running around, scurrying around and we've got one weapon between the three of us and, and they're sort of hunting us down. It was, uh, you know, I it's still, you know, Christmas, you know, at Barhead was always special. And, you know, I mean, my mom and my mom and dad made it special. It was really neat. You know, although it was a really small house, they kept things pretty well hidden and I don't know how they did that, but they yeah. did. Oh yeah. That's great. Well, stuff. One, for me, for me, one of the, uh, is I always had a dream that it would happen one day that when babe made the NHL, that I could share this story, get interviewed by Ward Cornell or someone and, and share this story, but it, it never seemed to happen. But now is about the best time. Uh, to share the story but we used to have a bedtime and of course babes was a little earlier than ours uh, but we had to go up and be in bed and the deal was they had a good a good deal you had to be in bed uh, that's all um, if you didn't fall asleep so be it you know you but just be in bed you know if you want to relax go to bed whatever now babe was on one side of the hall upstairs and Tex and I were on the other side of the hall um, and uh if some of you have followed the NHL news, like there was one year where uh, they were checking the speeds of a player on each team and uh, ended up, Babe was the second fastest skater on his team. Well, there may be a bunch of reasons why that happened, but it really happened because of Tex and I and the training we gave him. We'd get up to bed and we'd be calling out, psst, psst, Babe, come on over. And he's in his room and he's awake and he, no, I'm supposed to be in bed. Come on, babe. Come on. Don't be a sock. Come on. Come on. Psst, psst, come on, babe. And eventually we would get him out of the bed. He'd be walking. He'd be halfway across and you'd hear mom, dad, babe's out of bed. You hear the pitter patter of babe just scooting back to bed. Um, that's where, that's where he gained his speed. His reaction time was quick. And, uh, I, I feel Tex and I are responsible for that, and and it helped him in his NHL career. Now I've I've got the chance to get that off my chest, and I'm happy. Ward would be proud of you. 
Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah. This Bastard. is this is a better panel than any any you know mainstream oh, media man. company, anyway. So <laughs> I'd like to drag this on just slightly more with one more story that you can edit out or add in. But it was it's you know Babe has done a wonderful job as a professional hockey player. I'll, I wonder if it ever would have happened if this day didn't occur. I'm going to a junior A practice one day, and Babe asked me. Um, in the kitchen says, Case, can I come to your practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, babe. Yeah, you can come. And then he, he I don't think you understand. I, I want to come to your practice and skate with, with your team. Now, he was a midget at the time, I believe. He had to be. And, uh, and uh, I thought, I, I paused for a moment. I said, yeah, grab your stuff, babe, and come with me. Well, mom went ballistic. Who the hell do you think you are? You're not the coach. You can't make promises like that. Grab your stuff, babe. We're going. Um, so we went to the practice and babe wasn't too sure what to do. I said, just go in there and get changed. And, uh, you know, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. <laughs> so babe's in the dressing room changing and getting ready for the practice as I am. And the coach walks in and says, okay, guys, I want you to blah, 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 blah. And then walks out and then suddenly comes back in. I said, who's that? <laughs> I said, coach, that's my, my brother. What's he doing here? And very, what fell, the words that fell out of my mouth were, coach, you know, when you bring us all together and you want to talk to us and you give us some instructions and, and uh, you know, explain to us what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing and, or how we did this right or how we did that wrong said, and after you finish that, now we got to go and pick up all the pucks. He said, he's here to pick up those pucks. <laughs> uh, and he paused for a minute. He said, I like that. So Babe, Babe uh, was in the practice, and he picked up a lot of pucks, participated in a bunch of And I always wonder if that was critical in his yeah. hockey development. And it was, Case. And who was that coach? Coach Gibb. And, and four years later? I ended up playing for coach Gibb and ended up yep. getting a scholarship, but played actually, you know, and yeah. I remember after that practice case and it was the best, like it was so impactful for my life and, and watching Al stand up at center <laughs> because they had the center line back then. You couldn't, you couldn't hang out at the blue line or he would have the opposing. Blue <laughs> line. And I remember, you know, skating and it was so much fun. And we went to the men's room after. And I was like 16 years old and case goes, don't worry, babe, Ernie's going to serve us. And, you know, here's my ID. <laughs> okay, great. So <laughs> it goes around the table and Rick, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And Ernie doesn't ask me for ID. He comes to case. He goes, can I see your ID? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm busy shuffling under the table to get the case, but it was, it was such a great time. And I remember that. And I remember <laughs> Case did something that nobody else did ever in that time. And I wish you would have done it after a goal, but you couldn't do it was when you did the somersault. Remember you, you oh. could do the somersault on the ice and land on his feet. And I oh, go, right, yeah. Holy frick. It would be unbelievable to do that. But yeah, I, I remember that case like it was yesterday, <laughs> you know, Al McCray. And I think I probably paid for Al's drinks too that night, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did. <laughs> well guys that was was phil swain on that team was that uh yes he was yeah but someone got his rights 
Yeah, Weston traded for his rights. It was in the Guardian. It was a big story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big story about lacrosse and hockey for Phil. Like they always mention the right to Phil Swain. We don't know who has them now, but we'll find out. Um, yeah, Phil was on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was good. Classic. So so another question, I guess, um, I have, and, and we've talked about it kind of very briefly um, in, in a prior episode, but it'd be interesting to hear from you, Casey, about the quotes on the bedroom wall. Um, we talked about that in, in one, one episode, but I, I, we, we were told you've got, you, you used to have a lot of quotes on your bedroom wall. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? Oh yeah. The quotes were, it was just an idea I had. Like there were a lot of people who came in out of my life over times and a lot were very important to me, you know, including all of you guys. Um, and if you happen to be in my room, um, uh, you know, we, we've written songs there, Donnie, and we've, uh, uh, done, done lots of various things and there, I want a memory of that person. I wouldn't necessarily have a picture of them, but I thought, why not get them to put, put down on the wall, whatever they wanted. They, they'd write something down and, uh, it was, uh, it was usually quite interesting. So when you came into the room, you could look around it and, and see it like, uh, not quite the art gallery that uh, we think of art galleries, um, but there'd be something put there. I don't know all the people who had written on the wall, but they're uh, like, I knew them all, but uh, I don't, I can't recall who they all were at this time, but you know, certainly Donnie would have been up there. I would be surprised a uh, babe, you'd be up there and uh, Cote. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you were there and uh, signed those walls. Uh, yeah. It was illegible, yeah. but I did. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So sometimes that speaks for itself, you know. So uh, <laughs> I case. I, I think I, I think it was Gary Benson was the first guy to sign the wall. And really? mom, mom, yeah, mom was beside herself. <laughs> I remember, remember she finally came in the room, like, what what's that? Because oh. I, I remember Gary Benson, I think you wrote like uh assholes are like opinions. Or opinions are oh, like, yeah. yeah, everybody has one, you know. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Opinions are like assholes, everybody has it. And my mom, you know, and he was the only guy who probably you know wrote it where you could actually <laughs> read it too. My mom was, <laughs> oh, she was furious, she was gonna paint the room, you know. Uh, but it never happened. happened. <laughs> I convinced her, I convinced her that creativity was important in our lives, and we were very creative. I remember seeing Mrs. P just after that. And she said, Cote, that fucking Benson guy wrote on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> so her so, exact words. So paint the picture though. How, how many, how many signature, how many quotes and that sort of stuff do you think ended up on, on the wall over time? Like, are we talking a full wall or. Uh, it wouldn't have been like, like, uh, except that Cote wanted to write a whole bunch more and we didn't have enough space for what he wanted to say. Um, other than that, we, um, I don't know, there was probably anywhere between 25 and a hundred, uh, autographs with, and sometimes it was just an autograph, you know? Um, and sometimes it was a statement with the autograph, you know, or sh short few words. It's sort of like signing a yearbook or something, you know, yeah. you, you put a few words down and, Okay, it's going to stay there as long as we can keep it there, you know. Um, I, 
I'm no good and you're no gooder. <laughs> that was mine. Is that yours? Good one. Maybe, maybe you got hey, any recollections of yeah. some? Okay, so speaking about the yearbook, you know, uh, TCI, for those people listening from TCI, uh, the one year, I think the, teacher, the teachers on strike or they were working. They went on a two day strike. strike yeah. yeah. And then they were working the rule and they weren't going to do the yearbook. And Casey took that upon himself to do the yearbook. And uh, it turned out to be the number one selling yearbook for TCI, the Klansman uh, ever. And, you know, you think of that case and, and the project that you took on, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, that was, I mean, uh, it came to my attention, like I was working full time as a, uh, as a printer, um, and I only had to do four grade 13 subjects to get my credits there because I had taken two while I was in grade 12. So I had some time and boss agreed that I could go back and forth from the school. Yeah. That's the Klansman there. Yeah. That's not the one, one but it's, yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah. The teachers went on a two strike and they came back work to rule. So there were no coaches for the football teams, no camera clubs, no chess clubs, no yearbook. And it sort of bothered me, got under my skin a bit because the, uh, the um, it's my last year at high school and I want it if I want one yearbook of all the time I've spent there I want it for the last year so we took over that and uh, there were a bunch of volunteers that helped out with it and you wouldn't believe how unhelpful the teachers were and so it had to go underground uh, for quite a while um, uh, yeah there was uh, a few incidents uh that were very, very disappointing, um, for me. And, but it, but it was great. Um, the people who did help out, um, put in a, a good solid effort and we produced it. And in the end, like you say, it was the, the best thing one, but that was with some help because the school wouldn't give me an assembly to advertise the book. Um, and it was, I don't know if you remember Jamie Todd, but I was walking to school one day or going to school one day. And he asked me what, what the scoop was on the yearbook. And uh, he was told them they won't give me an assembly. So I might be stuck with a bunch of books. Apparently he went in that day and uh, jumped up on the tables in the cafeteria and announced it, you know, that it was, it was going on sale in two days. You better get yours or you won't get one. <laughs> and, uh, and he, I think that was the biggest sales pitch could ask for. Um, uh, and they sold out, you know, so everything, everything went well and we had a lot of fun, uh, intentionally made the book, uh, their traditional eight and a half, 11 book was now a nine by 12 book. So I don't know if they continued with that, but wanted a book that would stand out on the shelf for them, you know, um, yeah, there was a lot of neat, neat, funny stories going on in that one. Um, uh, I remember at the house, um, we had that big picture window, um, uh, like it had changed from before. And, uh, one of the ways you can dry, a dry, a picture, you know, and I, we were printing up, I was shooting a lot of pictures and making a lot of eight and a half 11s or eight by tens of them. And I, I had to dry them and putting them on a piece of glass will help 
let them dry. The problem is if it's cold outside, they'll stick to the window. And uh, so we had a, a bunch of pictures splattered across the front of the house. Mum was telling me that, uh, you know, the, the kids from the school across the street would come over and sit on the front lawn and look at all the pictures. Um, so uh, we, I did get them down. I just had to wet them down and, uh, uh, and then dry them in a more more useful manner um but the kids love them so i'm happy about that <laughs> uh one fantastic. of the uh, yeah we we had a good time with that that's case, awesome stuff case the best name though is echo day remember harry nor <laughs> <laughs> and case what case put his name in the yearbook is what case um, you saying I did that? Well, I didn't yeah. say you did, but somebody <laughs> did it. Uh, we had, well, maybe I was responsible for that. I'm, I'm responsible for everything that showed up in that book. So, um, whoever did it, um, uh, the, the Harry Nor K N O R, the R seemed to get changed to a B. So <laughs> he gets Nob. his name printed up as Harry Knob. He wasn't too happy about that, as I understand it. It was only the best-selling yearbook, so yeah. I'm sure nobody saw it. Yeah. Nobody saw it. <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah. Oh. That's good stuff. Yeah, there were a few fun things that that went on with that book, um, and the you know without the without the um, support of the teachers for the most part, I got called down to the office one, and it was the principal wanted to see me just as the book came out. And he, he, he's uh, on one side of the counter, I'm on the other. And he says, I haven't got my book yet. And so I looked at him and I said, you better hurry up and get down there. Cause I hear they're selling really fast. And he tries to say, no, 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 you don't understand. They always give me a free book. Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. Here's a guy that's given me no support at all through the, the time of the yearbook. In fact, made it difficult to to uh, deal with. Um, so I look back at him and said, I, I do have the, have the ability to give you a free yearbook. And I actually have given out some free yearbooks, but it's all been related to the effort put into the creating this Klansman yearbook. And uh, I thought for a minute, had a silent moment and thought, if I were to give you a free yearbook, I'd have to give about 66 more yearbooks out for free and I can't afford that. So you better hurry and get down there and get your book. Um, the, the sad thing was, is that the student council came to me with the same request. They wanted two yearbooks, one for the, uh, for the principal, one for the uh, library that they traditionally give for free. I just told them, no, I'm not giving you free yearbooks, but I'm not going to stop the student council from dipping into their, you know, their coffers and, and paying for two books and buying one for the library and for the, uh, for the principal. Well, apparently they ended up buying the principal one, which was good, but the library one was a whole different story because the day the book came out, we were sitting in the, in the front room, you know, in the living room at home with all the people who worked on it, all these boxes of, uh, yearbooks, hardcover, um, the uh and i had this idea why don't we sign one pass it around sign it and put it back into the uh 
into the pile and see see if it ever shows up with anyone. Well, I didn't read what people wrote down on when they passed it around, but apparently a grade nine student got it and I'm getting called down to the office again. Um, but I didn't have time to spend waiting at the office for very long because I'm back to work, uh, headed, headed my way back to work. And, uh, so Forbes Kerr was a big worker on the, him and I were in the same physics class and did more work on the yearbook partners in physics than, than we did in, uh, in studying physics. Um, but he got called down to the office as well. And what happened was there was a woman in there um, claiming that uh, her son in grade nine got this yearbook and her words were that my, my husband is a truck driver and he doesn't use language like this um, that was put in the book. So the only thing, the only consolation I could come up with was uh, give it to the library. You know, there's their free copy and they'd be happy. So I've always been, been interested to go back to the school and check out if they still have that copy and look through it and see if that's that's the one you know so anyways it was we got we got out of that one that's Um, fantastic stuff case well guys we're gonna leave it here for episode 23 i know we have a lot more ground to cover with kc so we'll be having him back to finish telling more dom details on our next episode listeners be sure to like rate and subscribe on spotify and join us for more stories on part two with casey patterson next week Picking up the pieces of my sweet shattered dream I wonder how the old folks are tonight Her name was Anne and I'll be damned if I recall her face She left me now knowing what to do Every highway let me slip away on you Every highway Seen better days, the morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes. Every highway let me slip away, slip away on you. Times I love best I wonder if she'll ever do the same Now the thing that I call living Is just being satisfied With knowing I got no one left to blame Carefree highway I got to see you, my old friend Carefree highway You've seen better days The morning after blue Every highway let me slip away, slip away on you. Searching through the fragments of my dream shattered sleep. 
wonder if the years have closed your mind I guess it must be wanderlust or trying to get free From the good old faithful feeling we once knew Carefree highway, let me slip away on you Carefree highway, you've seen the better days The morning after blues, and I head down to my shoes Slip away, slip away on you Let me slip away on you Every highway I got to see you, my old friend Every highway You've seen better days The morning after blue From the head down to my shoe Every highway Slip away, slip away on you 